I'm Daisy Ray. Welcome to the Talk Poetry to Me podcast. This is the podcast that highlights and amplifies local spoken word artists and poets from around the East Midlands. And today I am bringing you powerful yet personal words delivered with a unique spin. I am so ready for this conversation. A massive welcome to the show, Kane Corvus. Hello, my name's Kane, and I ain't coming out. It's not for me, it's for other people. Put it in a box, under a bed, in a cupboard, lock it away, because I ain't coming out. All the words I've been called, faggot, queer, people use these words all the time. They're not for me, it's just words, punctuated with punches and kicks. But we all had that, it happened to us all. Of course it did, didn't it? I ain't coming out. The curve of the back, the line of the torso, the biceps, the triceps, all the beauty of the male form, the homoerotic. Yes, it's easy on the eye, but it's just art. It calms me down. No, it doesn't make me hard. Yes, it does. I ain't coming out. I ain't going to do it again. It built up in my head. I saw the pictures. It made me feel good. Then I came and I said, this is wrong. I ain't coming out. Take up boxing, kickboxing, wear a mask. God, I hate this. Look, just wear a mask. Wear a false face. Because I'm telling you, I ain't coming out. I've been doing this so long, I don't know what's true and what's fake. But I'll tell you, I ain't coming out. Are you going to make me say it? I'm gay. No way. It ain't for me. Look, i got no issues. i got lots of gay friends. Here, look at page three. Oh, that's not for me. I ain't coming out. There's something there. Comforting here. Makes me stare. But not sure. Makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I, I ain't coming out. God, that feels so good. This can never come out. You couldn't have a stronger start to an episode than that. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is an amazing piece. Where did it come from? Because it is very strong. You are making a stance. I was walking home one evening through Derby and uh, so often my, my pieces just come to me in my mind and I start talking to talking them into my phone. And it just developed and developed and developed. And I was kind of feeling the energy of the, the night air and the trees and the breeze. And it was like, you, you know what? This has just all bubbled up and started coming out. And coming out, no pun intended. <laughs> and it was all true and so real. Uh, and it just kind of flowed. And, and it was like, well, I suppose that was how, that was how it, it went. And it kind of fell on into the recording and then onto the page in the order that it, that it all happened. I, I can't explain uh, my uh, inspiration sometimes. It just, it just pops out, <laughs> you know, it just kind of, it just, uh, it just comes along and uh, all my pieces are, are quite different. That was really that. It, it felt great writing it, actually. Fantastic. I've seen a few of your videos now and watched you performing and you are a unique performer, not just the words and how strong they are, but the way you perform. I've seen you perform quite a lot barefoot. 
there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's more comfortable. Two, it's personal preference. It feels nice. And, you know, you kind of connect with the, the textures that you're standing on. But also, it, it stops um, It stops what I call my gig bladder. <laughs> I get quite bad uh, nerves. And I've been doing this for so long. You know, I tried different things. It was like, you know, I enjoy the buzz of the gig. But then what I found with that was, for some reason, uh, all of a sudden, I, I stopped needing to go for a wee. <laughs> Performance nerves. <laughs> I know, yeah. So I kind of was. I seemed to be able to keep the buzz. I seemed to be able to harness the buzz because I didn't want to to kill the the, the adrenaline. Um, but for some reason, I think just the tactile feeling of it. Uh, just I think it maybe just gave me something else to think about. You yeah. know, um, sort of touch wise, it works. So so that's what I do. <laughs> Might be perceived as really pretentious but it's it's practical so <laughs> it works for me well <laughs> honestly it makes you stand out in the crowd so i think it works generally so let's talk about where your journey started did you start out like a page poet is performance what you started with what triggered all this love of poetry and the spoken word there was a couple of things kind of happened at similar times basically what happened was in old grade english we did Dolce Decorum Est by Wilfred Owen. And it was the first piece of poetry that really made me sit up and uh, pay attention to poetry, you know. Um, there, there was other things that I'd had before, you know, I suppose kind of uh, children's stuff, you know, when I was growing up. And you, you just kind of accept it and you don't really, it, it doesn't have that impact on you. But this piece really did. It was so kind of hardcore and hard-hitting it was dark energy that was there and it was very, very powerful. And that was what kind of made me first pay attention to poetry. And round about the same time, I was really getting into music and I was listening to a lot of music in the radio and starting to discover other things. And, uh, and I joined bands and other people were giving me tapes to listen to. And, and I really started to listen very, very broadly to a lot of music really broadly and I started to pay attention to the lyrics not so much even what they meant but the the, the quality of, of the writing and I started to get really broad with that as well because Henry Rollins he got me into paying attention even more uh, to the lyrics because he was talking about being depressed and it raining and he's wandering about in Leeds with no money and he can't get his band signed and it's all it's all rubbish you know whereas a lot of the lyrics I've been listening to before so I say Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue off you know when I was growing up uh, it was all kind of um, sunshine and Ferraris and, and things I really couldn't you know connect with at all you know and kind of the relationship kind of thing as well. I mean, Henry Rollins was saying things like, you know, uh, I'm just on my own and, and uh, you know, and I can't, I can't get anyone, you know. Whereas all these other kind of guys that I couldn't connect with, you know, they're going on about Playboy Playmates and things like that, which again, I didn't connect with for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, so it was just this education just kept... Uh, broadening and broadening and, and the more I read the more I, the more I get into it you know I started looking at really old stuff I'd take the music apart that I was listening to you know I'd sometimes listen to some prog bands that I may not have been a fan of the music but I might really really like the lyrics or there was other mm. stuff that I really liked the lyrics but not so much the music so it's really much a very broad education and then I started to write my own stuff which was horrendous um, got to start somewhere <laughs> just starting out aren't you um, it would be like, oh my God, you clearly ripped 
that off from there, that bit off from there. But <laughs> it's just learning, I suppose. And then I joined my first band and I was a singer bassist and I had to write the songs. You know, the, the guitarist came up with the riffs and, and I had to come up with the with the words and, and I started to write really, really broadly. What happened was, I, looking back, I've only recently realised that I've actually always written poetry because what I'd do is I'd write and write and write, which was essentially, okay, that's a not a bad little poem there. And then I'd go, okay, right, well, I'm going to edit it and chop it up and so that it will fit into a song. So now that I'm just doing spoken word only, I'm a lot freer uh, with the subject matter that I can do. I'm not constrained by genre and I'm not constrained by... Um, the, the the lengths of, of the of the music that we're working yeah. with or the type of music. I'm very very free to let the the words breathe. And the first kind of gigs that I did were about twenty years ago. Now, I don't really like admitting that. Just say it quietly. It's fine. It was a few years ago, <laughs> and I couldn't believe how naked I felt on stage because I didn't realise just how much I, I had behind. Say if I had a bass, I'd be physically behind that, but more so much. The, the volume, the music itself, the drums and, and the riffs and the volume on stage that you, you were actually hiding behind. And it really made me pay so much attention to the quality of the words, each sentence and every word, because if it was a poor or weak line, it was there. There was no getting away from it. Yeah, It's either right or it's wrong. And it really made me pay really close attention to that, which was a, a, a fantastic learning experience. Kind of makes you vulnerable, doesn't it, when you've got no song to hide behind, no instruments. You're putting yourself out there. It is mm. so pure, you know, and I think it's fantastic. Um, and I, I love listening to other people at, at gigs and, yeah. you know, it, it gives a different perspective to things. And I think also as well, I think it's very good as a human being I mean, sometimes you kind of go, oh, do you know what, really? That, that's, I'm sorry, but that's, that's offensive to me. But what you do is it's accepting other people's opinions. It's their opinion. It's their take, you know, and some people connect with that and some people don't. But I find the vast majority of people at the events really polite um, and, and mannerly, which is it's a really nice thing you know because it's it's contrary to how it was in the bands that people would stand outside um while someone was on and then they'd come in and expect people to listen to them and, and it was like why well, isn't really gonna work is it you know <laughs> yeah well i got a few horror stories i mean i i did a gig in um belgrade i went to the, the local gym and had a workout when the, the bus pulled in in the early hours of the morning and i'd get up and i'd go wandering about finding a local gym to train in and I found a cathedral and uh, there were some other bits and pieces and I thought oh, this is really really good anyway I, I said to the tour manager how many people are in tonight and he said well it's a 350 capacity and we sold 360 tickets and I was like well that's, that's good <laughs> and um, we, we went on stage and we'd come all the way from England and the local support band went on and there was nobody in the room for them which I thought oh. was pretty poor yeah. We went on, there was five people. Really? Five people came in to, to sit and watch. Everybody else stood outside smoking and drinking. And then the next band went on who were from Sweden. They'd come all the way from Sweden to Belgrade. It was this huge uh, it, Balkans tour that we were doing. We started in Poland, finished in Germany. Nobody actually came in until about the second song of the headliner. And it was like, how bizarre, you, you know? Why would you go and see something like that and then not actually watch? Exactly. And I've seen it in London as well. I've seen it all over the place, all over Europe. 
And um, but what's lovely about the poetry is the etiquette, you know, uh, which is which I think is is really important for people to develop and move forward with what they're doing. Yeah. So what are you doing now, Kane? Gigging as much as I can because I just love doing my pieces and writing new stuff. And I've got a book uh, being launched on the 26th of November. Congratulations. Thank you. It's at Script Haven in Worcester. And that week I'm doing Litchfield with DK is doing a, a gig there for accessibility arts. So I'm doing that on the Wednesday. Then I've got Glasgow on the Thursday and then Worcester on the Sunday. And then I've got a chat book coming out on Backroom Poetry in April. That's quite a lot going on. I like to keep engaged, you know, and yeah. I've booked a gig in mostly in, in January today. So that's the furthest away gig that I've got at the moment. Yeah. I leave these up in a 10 minute set at the Dark Horse. So I'm really quite looking forward to that. So it's a bit further out. Yeah. And then there's, I suppose there's the, the kind of usual ones that come up each month that, that I go to. Is being an author on your list of things to do for the future? Do you want to write more or is it the performance that you love? Yeah, I'll always write more pieces yeah I, I wouldn't i thought when you said an author i thought you meant a book oh no poetry sorry yeah 100 percent. i write all the time and then i whatever makes the cut you know is then is developed yeah definitely i i like doing new things and then i like to build a new set for people as well so if i do the same place i don't want to just do exactly the same set all the time for people, you know, you, you don't want to go, oh, that's that guy that does that piece, you know. I mean, they, they might enjoy it, so they might do it again. You know, the, the response from, from a new piece is really great, you know. Um, and I do mix it up a lot because I do have a lot of different pieces, you know. Sometimes I think it's nice to hear something that you recognise and then new stuff mixed in with it. I mean, you don't listen to your favourite song just the once, do you? That's actually a very good point because I was just always worried about people getting bored. Going, oh, you've heard that one before. Do you know what I mean? But I don't think your performance style will leave anybody feeling bored, Kane. If I'm perfectly honest, <laughs> I mean, I've watched you do "I Ain't Coming Out" like three or four times now, and I still requested you to do it today. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so flattered. It's really, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's your unique take on what you have written, and nobody knows those words any better than you do. So you are the authority on everything you have written. That's what I like about any poet, really. Yeah. What are your aspirations? I mean, you're gigging now and you're bringing out your chat book and you've got um, a book out in November, you said? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So what's next? Aspiration-wise, it would just be nice to maybe, you know, have a four or five headline shows a year um, yeah. that are in places that are maybe a little bit further away. Do you know what I mean? So say something in Cornwall or, or Newcastle said, look, you know, we like your stuff. Can you come and do, I don't know, 10, 15 or 20 minutes? It'd be like, right, okay, great. Yeah, That would be really good, you know. Yeah. If it's an hour or an hour and a half, five minutes is completely fine. But if you're going further away, you maybe want to, you, you, you want to hit that, area a little bit harder yeah you know so that you maybe get people come in and listen a little bit more so that you've done that area it's like scotland i'm not going to do that regularly i maybe do you know once or twice a year so the fact the lady offered me a headline was like oh my god that's fantastic because i'll get 20 minutes and you know i can really i can really push this 
as my gig, so it's kind of like, okay, so maybe people in that area will go, oh, well, actually, I'll go and check that out. Whereas if it's something local, it's great supporting everybody else, and you do your five minutes, and then it's like, well, you can go back and you'll get another crack if there's there's some pieces that you'd like to share more than just, say, four or five. It's like, well, yeah. actually, there's a couple there that I'm going to have to cut out that set that I'd like people to hear. Yeah. And it's very fulfilling. You know? Well, it's working for you. Well, I, I do enjoy the online posting things up and and i enjoyed doing things like this i really do enjoy it you know and i think when you, you you speak to other people that are part of a scene you know like yourself you're doing your thing and to be part of that is just really nice you know and, and everybody kind of working together a little bit yeah yeah I mean, it's just a, an all-round nice thing to do it is everybody seems to support everybody else don't they it's just a nice positive thing this is the perfect time to start listening to some of your performance, if you're okay with that. Okay, yeah, of course, sure. I know you've picked three pieces that we can share with our listeners today. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let you take the floor, as it were. Sure, uh, okay, no worries. Meter upon meter, mile upon mile, the snake it winds its sickly tail down and down you crawl into the belly of the reptile arches and caverns brick upon brick rail upon rail ribs and metal concrete and flesh cast asunder the daily grind wearing you out coil upon coil length upon length inhaling your peace suffocating your being the serpent it waits with baited breath packed in tightly ingested digested soon to be discharged thrown aside constricted restricted forced to be swallowed struggle for air the grind of steel wears away monotony diminishes spirit persona submerges the snake it dives into the depths sinking into the depths of hell the last piece of heaven slips through your fingers. And that is called The Furnace. And that was written when I lived in London, when I was a nurse at St Pancras Hospital. And I wrote that um, about being in the tube in the summer, about being packed in with, uh, in, you know, the intense heat. This next piece is called Life is Pain. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about it after. I feel the pain. Am I insane? I feel my mind bend under the strain. My head splits, shatters, boils, spilling over like a kettle, overflowing, overheating, the red line hitting. Can't escape the pain inside, wide awake at 3am, the dreams that grow, twist and turn, gnawing at the edges of an overstressed mind. I feel the cracks as they appear, lacks the firmness that once was there. It's not fair, life's not fair, life is pain, screaming out, but no one hears, no sound comes out, even when I cry and shout, the turmoil boiling in my mind, burning, scalding thoughts, vile eruption, self-destruction, molten lava, daily drama, hits the limit, I can't fix it, the bolts come loose, can't you see, I feel the pain, I am insane, life is pain, life is pain. 
Japan is a happy one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm not going to focus on it too much. Uh, I've got complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, uh, from uh, childhood trauma. And uh, yeah, that, that surfaces every so often and uh, stops me from smiling. Yeah. You can feel the helplessness in it. You know, it's just the frustration. You know, you 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 establish what your triggers are. You move them away. You, you work do. out what issues there are with your diet. You remove that. You remove this. You remove that, and then it all becomes a mind sweeping exercise and a full time job of stopping yourself becoming triggered. And then you go out. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. You've you've maybe worked in the morning. You've got the afternoon off. You've been in the gym. You're, you, it's everything is absolutely beautiful in the world, and the blackness just comes over, and you you feel awful, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's what inspired that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. That does show your vulnerable side. And I do appreciate the fact that you're willing to share those words with our listeners today. Well, that's, that's kind of what the poetry is about, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I was young, I read poetry by people and it was like, oh, my God, this person understands where I'm coming from. And you connect with it. And it makes you feel a little bit better that you're not on your own. Yeah. When I left Scotland, I went to London. Uh, I was a psychiatric nurse for a very long time. And uh, that kind of gives you an understanding of, of an awful lot of things as, as well, you know. It kind of was a little bit counterproductive because it was kind of like, with regards to my own personal bits and bobs, I was dealing with, with people that were really, really poorly. And it was like, Ken, shut up, there's nothing wrong with you, you know? And then somebody to point out and say, look, you know, if you you cut your hand off and go into A&E and, &E and, and there's somebody next to you that's lost an arm and a leg, does that mean that, oh, well, you know, in, in relation to this other person, you, there's nothing wrong with you. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of very, I was really kind of bad with that for a long time. And um, there was a, a lady I used to uh, speak to and she said, what do you think you should do regarding uh, your, your own personal issues? And I went, oh, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think this and this and this and this. And she wrote, she wrote them all down. And she went, okay, let, well, let's, let's just pretend that you're on the ward. Yeah, okay, at work. And I was like, okay. And you hear a colleague talking to uh, a service user and says, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you should be fired immediately. And she said, well, so what gives? And I said, but this is about me. I'm different. She went, you're not different. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's difficult. You know? So, and I think being a nurse, I, I'm the worst patient in the world, you know? Uh, and a lot, I think a lot of people are like, that's because of their personality, you know? Yeah. I'll shut up now. <laughs> you have got one more piece to perform for us. No worries. Okay. He was my boy. He was my love. He was my friend. He made me more. He was my teacher. He was my pupil. He was my muse. He made me grow. He was my heart. He was my soul. He was my life. He made me change. He broke my heart. He made me sad, but he never knew. He went his own way, all for the best. 
I didn't see. I was too blind. But he made me more. He made me grow. He made me change. But he never knew. Beautiful words. Thank you. Is that a particular he? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Still, uh, yeah, it still hurts. Yeah. It just just is what it is. It's just life, isn't it? That's poetry, isn't it? It is is. everything you feel. You can't be a poet without the pain, you know. Well, I'm sure you can, but, you know, it it depends. Yeah, I mean, on Halloween, I'm doing a, a, a Facebook Live uh, session, and it's all uh, uh, Halloween-inspired pieces, and it's 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 pretty fluffy, really, to be honest. It's still got a bit, still a bit of a dark edge to it because it's me that's writing it. But you know, I've got one about the the hit, the, the the origins of um, Savin uh, Halloween. I got one about a fantastically beautiful, handsome uh, vampire, a werewolf. <laughs> And an elf, do you know what I mean? So, so I, I thought, do you know what? I thought yeah, this is, this would be a bit of fun, you know. And, and I thought it was it was an opportunity to to do something like that, you know. And and um, there was a a radio station asked for some festive pieces, so I did one about Yule and you know yeah. the light, the trees, and all this kind of thing, you know. So yeah, that's my kind of fluffier stuff, you know. Well, just well. mentioning all the characters mm. gives you mental images in your head, so mm. that's fascinating. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, just just kind of try to paint pictures with your words, isn't it, you know? Yeah, it is, exactly that. So we can't let you go without letting everybody that's listening today know where they can go and listen to more of what you do. So where can people find you online, Kane? You can find me on Facebook and on Instagram and on Bandcamp. Um, Facebook is Kane Speaks, that's K-A-N-E Speaks, but the actual address is facebook.com forward slash Kane Spoken Word. Okay. Instagram, it's just my name, which is Kane Corvus, K-A-N-C-O-R-B-U-S. There's links on there to Bandcamp, uh, and it's a really good tool for, for, for a spoken word and, and poetry. I agree. I have listened to a couple of your pieces on there. Oh, it's a really handy tool, isn't it? Yeah. Because each day um, there's a little graph that you can go in and you can look at your statistics and see how many people are listening to it, and it shows you excellent what which which pieces pe- people seem to listen to the most and yeah. what they're drawn to. Yeah. So it's just it's just a nice thing for people to listen. Definitely. And as is tradition on this podcast now, okay, I would love it if you could recommend another poet slash spoken word artist for our listeners? It's got to be Jemima Hughes. I've supported her a couple of times at some really fantastic gigs. I did Middleport Pottery with Wordcraft in Stoke, which was a really lovely uh, venue. Really, really nice. To say she nailed me to the wall was, you know, I mean, she, I, I laughed and I cried a few times. It was, it was just like, oh my god! It was, I was kind of quite wrung out after it. The the intensity of her performance is, is amazing. I, I said to her, you know, um, I know you had a twenty minute set, but you said this is the last piece, and I felt like you'd only been on five. And she was like, she said, oh, that's really really great. She said, it was actually half an hour. I said, and I was like. <laughs> 
Oh my god! It just it just went in so quickly. You know, she yeah. she, she just engaged you uh, so much. But she's got a couple of books out on Verve. If you want to check it out on YouTube, do that. But really, just just if you can go and see her live, go and, go go and see her live. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for the recommendation. You're really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah. I love being introduced to new poets I might not necessarily mm. know about otherwise. Definitely. There's, there's so many good people out there to, to hear, you know. Yeah. Again, it was part of the, the enjoyment of this, that it never gets stale. There's, there's always new things coming up. And, and then the people that you, that you do like coming out with new stuff, you know, or, yeah. or as you say, the old ones that you do like. You know? Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kane. That brings us to the end of our enlightening conversation i think it's been absolutely fascinating so thank you so much for being part of this journey with us thank you for having me i really appreciate you giving me your time thank you very much kane corvus all that's left for me to say before i leave is thank you for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast i'd like to ask you to share it with your friends and family and anyone whose heart and mind loves the power of the spoken word. Let's build our community of poetic souls together. Join us on Twitter at talkpoetry underscore to me. You can also email me at talkpoetrytome at gmail.com. I've been Daisy Ray and until we meet again, take care of each other. Hello. My name is Adam, and join me on the Peaking Into Success podcast, where each episode we have a special guest and delve into the highs and lows of their career, as well as how they made their way to becoming so successful. Please find Peaking Into Success on Spotify and other great podcast platforms.